was your plan? How was I supposed to know he'd be wearing a bulletproof vest? Who wears a bulletproof vest in the real life? Ready? I'm ready. Ready to rock? Yes. Because it is series finale. Just kidding. It's the season finale. Season finale. <laughs> I got a little excited there. Season one. Season finale. one. One of many seasons. Mm. At least two. <laughs> At least two. Oh, so sad. Hurts my heart. Episode 12. 12? Yes. Mm-hmm. Called, I Can't Leave Her. Boom. Mm-hmm. You wanna, I'm so excited. You ready to get started? I am. Okay. Let's do it. Who do you want to start with? This is kind of tricky. This is like the beginning of the trickery because this is where they're all coming together. Well, why don't we start with Wolfgang? Okay, let's do it. So we Wolfgang. left. Yeah, where did we leave him off? I would say Wolfgang is preparing for his star turn in this finale. Mm. At the end of episode eleven, he's just about to head into his uncle's place, mm-hmm. which he does. Yeah. <laughs> in this one. Yes, he does. And. Um, he goes in, you know, basically they have a tense conversation and then he just says screw it and reveals that he killed his uncle's son, that is Wolfgang's cousin. Yes. And, you know, obviously this is not very well-received information. No. So uh, as he says this, he pulls out his weapon and they all shoot at each other. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, to sum it up, his story is mainly an action scene so it basically just uh he gets a lot of them then he runs off to another part of the house Mm -hmm. he's gonna die he thinks and so kala is summoned she uses some chemistry yeah to help him create a little bomb Mm -hmm. kala for the win yeah so that basically gets him out of this jam he goes back down to the front of the house where his uncle is still alive and his uncle is out of bullets, so they have a little tense conversation where yeah. he accuses his uncle of, uh, well, he just says, you yeah. always knew, you know, why I would... He, well, he says he killed his father, too. I forgot that. Sorry. Yeah. He, he reveals. A fun little, his family has, like, a fun little murder time talk um, where Wolfgang's like, you're a monster. My father was a monster. So I killed him. So I killed him, mm-hmm. and I'm a monster. And then he goes apeshit with that shot. Yeah, and uh, well, yeah, because when he says that, his uncle says, you know, why would you do it? And Wolfgang's just like, you know why I would kill my father? It's really obvious. And his uncle's just, he doesn't say it, but, you know, his demeanor is like, yeah, that's true, actually, I do yeah, know. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and he stops protesting at that point, you know. He's yes. just sort of like, yes, I understand now. He mm-hmm. still tries to... Uh, uh, buy himself yeah, freedom. Yeah, he literally offers him a watch, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I don't think a watch can fix this. You should offer him, like, the painting. Yeah, which, which is the, really nice. the painting is, like, a famous painting, I think. they Apparently, yes. They used it in the opening for The Leftovers. That's what I've been told. Yes, same. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he just he, has he a fun murder time. Shoots him, kills yeah. him, and uh, then he, for excellent dramatic effect... Kala sees uh, it. Yes, he turns to Kala to tell her, like, this is why you have to marry Rajan, yeah. so... I'm a murder machine. It is important to note that when he first arrives at his uncle's place and starts shooting it up, which, by the way, I was just like, this is such a really decadent set. I yeah, thought it was nice. very fun <laughs> to shoot up. <laughs> but um, Will actually like taps in for a little bit and like pauses him and is just like, hey, I know the sound of bullets hitting Kevlar. And he's like, I heard the shots. So like, even when Wolfgang is doing a solo mission, 
you know, people are tapping in to help him. Yeah. Um, so, which was smart because <laughs> one of my favorite things in this scene is when he's like bickering with Call and she's like, this is your plan? You know, they're getting yeah. shot at in the kitchen. He is like, how was I supposed to know he had a bulletproof <laughs> vest? Like, who wears a bulletproof vest in their own house? I'm like, well, obviously your uncle because, dude, look what happens. Although Wolfgang does have a lot of faith in himself regardless since yes. his plan was to go Just up against like 10 other people. Yeah. But, um,. I think it's interesting how this is incorporated yes. into the episode. Yeah. Because when you step back and look at it, it, it's like an obvious loose end that has to be tied up. Wolfgang is the person who has a major thing going on coming into this finale. Yeah. That isn't directly related to the main plot. Yeah. And the way it's actually done is basically the rest of the plot's happening. I believe there's a scene um, with Will, and he's in Iceland, right? Yes. He's in his car. Yeah. You basically cut to Wolfgang. This entire thing plays out. It must be like 10, 15 minutes long. Mm. And then as soon as it's done, it just cuts back to Will. Like, he's in the car. Yep. Uh, maybe this happened at the same time. I don't know. But, you know, really it's like they took the main plot and they just stuck Wolfgang in there for a bit, for a break. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it doesn't really feel weird. It, no. It feels natural. Well, I think they set it up well enough in the previous episode to be like, he's got to go do these things now mm-hmm. because... He is worried about the safety of the people he loves, and so he's going to take matters into his own hands. And practically, he can't be busy with this while the rest of the finale is going on. Right. So it has to be gotten out of the way, basically. Yep. So, fun It's good stuff. It's pretty high high drama there for Mm -hmm. Wolfgang. Yeah. I also love that, I mean, like you said, it does kind of get wrapped up, because obviously he does kill his uncle, and he tells Kala, like, this isn't the thing. And or it can't be a thing, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting because now that we've watched the series finale, the big two-hour, two and a half-hour, like essentially movie to wrap everything up yeah. as best they could, there's like an extra element to Wolfgang's family dynamic that actually changes after you've watched the series finale because you've always kind of known that like mm-hmm. he hates his family because they're kind of awful people and they're you know they're clearly all like criminals. They're part of like a I don't want to say like crime syndicate, but there's definitely some some tensions in Berlin and some divisions between families and gangs and yeah. who kind of owns the city. And then um, after seeing the f- like the series finale, there's an extra element added onto that because now you know a little bit more about his mom and that backstory. Which is not what I predicted. Me neither. Um, but um, it it kind of helps round out like scenes like this from season one. Because, yeah. I mean, obviously his uncle kind of sucks and his cousin definitely sucks. And just from flashbacks, you can tell his dad is awful. Well, regardless of what we may have predicted, mm-hmm. uh, the information that is there later still fits perfectly yes. with this scene. Yeah, it doesn't, if yeah. anything, I think it kind of enhances it. It doesn't take away. So, yeah. So that's pretty much what he's doing. And just a casual note there as well. Mm-hmm. I suppose it would make more sense to talk about this when we're actually at the finale, but... Mm-hmm. I noticed watching it this time, since I don't think I've seen this since we've seen the finale. Yeah. That uh, the opening of that series finale is incredibly similar to the opening of this one. It is, which yeah. Which we can transition into as well. But For essentially, Riley, yeah. both of them start with one of the sensates kidnapped and uh, in uh, a state of half consciousness <laughs> and having flashbacks, uh, very important flashbacks that reveal a lot about their character. Mm-hmm. And then both of them break out, briefly consider killing themselves, and are convinced not to. 
And as we watched it, I realized that must have been on purpose because it's just too similar yeah. to be an accident. But yes, we can talk about Wolfgang's half of that when we're there. Yeah, um, I was thinking we were kind Riley. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think the last episode worked out where we just kind of talked about all of them on their solo stories mm-hmm. and then we're like and then we'll just talk about them when they're collectively together because it yeah. helps and there aren't exactly a lot of solo stories yeah so we'll just kind of put a pin in that for Wolfgang but he well, does is, pop is there up. anyone else that actually does anything significant on their own in this episode no not really we can run through it um yeah. Lido definitely doesn't yep he's like he's all done since episode 10 yep um Kala's stuff is all with Wolfgang pretty much yeah, yeah it is because she's She's done with that other stuff. Yeah, Sun isn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Will is directly involved with Riley. And Coffeeus isn't doing anything either. Yeah, and Nomi is also directly involved. Right. So I it's, yeah, okay. so this is the Riley story. Yeah, so um, do we want to do Riley then? To start with yeah. her? Yeah. So Riley's in a scary-ass van with people with white suits and gas masks, and she is kind of like in and out of consciousness while they are transporting her from the hospital to the BPO facility. She's getting flashbacks of Magnus in the car accident. And Magnus, Ghost Magnus is like, come away with me, Riley, again. And you're like, no, Ghost Magnus, <laughs> not today. You're very friendly, but you're friendly, I don't trust you. And your hair is great, but I also feel like maybe you shouldn't follow that light. So um, we finally get the full fleshed out backstory of what happened to her in the mountains where she goes into labor and Magnus is speedily driving her to the hospital and she is complaining being like oh my god it's the hex it's my fault this is not going well and he's like no you're magic and it's great (laughs) and then they freaking crash the car because he's not looking because he's not looking which like dude come on those roads are like they're not even roads they're just you're driving in straight up snow it's terrifying anyway crashes the car he hits his head on the windshield he's like dead on impact there the car is flipped upside down she is still pregnant and in labor by the way um and then she manages to get out of like the seatbelt contraption and then she has to give birth which she does so we get to see that again and it's just horrific i think this is worse than the birth montage personally i do too get a lot of crowning shots but also she has to cut the umbilical cord and it's just like this horrifying moment of she is in this absolutely horrible situation where she is in the car flipped upside down with her dead husband having to give birth and now like it's freezing outside just to rip off her clothes too yeah which is just it's horrible so anyway she does the really stupid thing where after she gives birth She's like, she, well, it's not stupid immediately, but she obviously passes out because let's be real, you just went through a very (laughs) traumatic experience and you just gave birth. And then she wakes up and then she realizes like the car is just getting colder and colder because it's dead. And so she like decides like, I have to get out of the car to survive. Mm -hmm. And so she does the stupid thing of punching through the window with her bare fists and I just always, it always bothers me when people are like, I'm going to break through the glass. And I'm like, you need to like cover up your hand or something before you're going to punch through. She probably should have kicked it, really. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why this really bothers me. I just feel like, Riley, girl, you've, you've already had so much trauma within like the past 10 minutes. Maybe let's not bust up your hand and potentially bleed out here. But she does manage to get out of the car with her baby, Luna, and she's stumbling around in the mountains. And it's just awful. And you're just like, I don't even 
even know how you're walking at this point, lady. Must be some sort of adrenaline, or it's in the script. But the point is, is <laughs> I think adrenaline is a good explanation for punching the window. Yeah, too. but it's just it's just awful because it's like she has to make all of these really quick life-saving choices in the worst situation possible. Mm. And then, you know, she's stumbling around in the mountains. I think it's, I never really noticed this until a couple watches in. There's a really nice detail of her hands where she's holding Luna and like the tips of her fingers are like almost black. Like she is mm-hmm. getting frostbite. It is cold. And unfortunately, baby Luna does not make it. I don't remember exactly when that happens. I don't, yeah. I don't she, think there's like a specific shot or anything. No, I mean, she does notice, like, she realizes that the baby is gone at some point when she's stumbling around in the mountains. But yeah, it's, it's, it's after he's out of the car, right? Yeah. Like because the, I think she wouldn't get out of the car if, if she was already dead. Yeah, exactly. No, I think Baby Luna is still alive until she starts walking around in the mountains because, mm-hmm. like, at that point, it's just so cold. Um,. But I also feel like this is me just being really like petty. I'd be like, I feel like from what little I know about survival and seeks is you're if you're trying to keep something warm, you want to put it under your clothes so it's skin on skin because body heat will heat up faster than mm-hmm. between clothes. But I'm gonna give her a pass because Jesus Christ, that is traumatic. She got some irrational decisions here. Yep. Um. So that is why Riley does not drive. It's because of that horrific car accident. It is a lot of the reason why she doesn't want to go back to Iceland, and I'm assuming probably the 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 main reason behind her drug use is because she does not want to really cope. She wants to escape from the horribleness of this. Perhaps. Well, I don't know. I want to push too much on that. Yeah. I think the Wachowskis have a pretty. Positive view positive, on recreational yeah, drug use. Agreed. View. But I think just... Um, I think, if anything, like, the scene at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. where she's convinced to uh, take the drugs by creepy... <laughs> creepy Uncle Benjamin. Uncle Benjamin, yes. <laughs> um, indicates that she s- usually stays away from certain drugs, actually. Yeah. Uh, and But I do think she probably has had bigger problems. Yes. In the past. I would yeah. agree. I think if she was using it recreationally before, it only exasperated it with yeah. with this drama. That's my guess. But anyway, um, yeah, so we get to have that wonderful thing happen. Some lovely shots uh, during this sequence. Yes. Some of the best cinematography in Iceland. I know. It's great. Obviously. Yeah. You just point your camera and you're good. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's really cool. Um, and I will link this up in the show notes. Uh there is a behind-the-scenes, like, 25-minute making-of video for the first season uh, that Netflix released. Mm-hmm. And one of the really... I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff in there that we can address a little later. But one of the really cool things is they had to go to Iceland twice to shoot once while there there was snow and then once when there's less snow. So it's really cool because they'll do these really awesome panor- panoramic shots of her when she's with the baby and then her when she's with Will later on in the episode. So um, it's fun to see those differences between, you know, her having the the white hair and it's green out and then her having like the brown hair and there's snow everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of, it's really cool that they actually like did it that way. A lot of effort. A lot of effort. Yeah, I do particularly like the circling mm-hmm. 360 type yeah. shots. Yeah. Well, I also really like it when, um, where she does have the white hair 
it's present and it's the green and everything and I think Will is leaving to run down the mountainside and she is holding her arms as if she's holding a baby mm-hmm. so it's just like and obviously the baby is not there but it's just a really cool visual so you can definitely see that they put in a lot of effort to show you what is currently happening and then what's happening in the past for her and how it's kind of happening all at once um so that's really cool but i guess we should kind of get to that point where she gets back into the mountains but yeah well they spend quite a lot of time on this yeah uh so you can see all of it especially because they need to cut back to it at the Mm -hmm. end Mm -hmm. for some of those other scenes and it's interesting because this episode has that yeah and it has the wolfgang thing yeah two quite extended sequences Mm-hmm. Uh, of one of the sensates off doing something. Of course, the difference is with Riley's, it isn't even a scene, you know, where anyone is involved. It's just a flashback, a flashback for, yeah. for so long. But uh, I don't know if there's really anything else like it in this show. To me, it's always this feeling like as soon as you get to episode 10, when she collapses, mm-hmm. like something really significant has happened that is so big that it's going to take over everyone else's lives a bit yeah by the time you get to this one it's like her story and her backstory is so important that it takes precedence over everything else that's going on for a bit you know it it Mm -hmm. consumes the whole finale even though it is practically about her being kidnapped by bpo and them going to rescue her in a way it feels like the episode is about her getting over her trauma yeah you know, absolutely like it's about that more than it's about the other stuff almost yeah so um they they get her into bpo she wakes up and um she is still kind of delirious and then um ursa shows up and is like you would have done anything for your baby you would have given your life for her She's like, yeah, I would have. She's like, well, you... You still can. You still can. You need to do the same thing. Um, and so Riley snatches a gun while they're kind of taking her out of um, the garage into the facility. And this is just classic Ursa, by the way. Yeah, Ursa's just like... Her solution is always, kill yourself. <laughs> Get out of there. It worked for me, she says. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And then you have this really cool shot of all of the sensates there in the garage. You can't see all of them very clearly, but you know mm-hmm. they're all there. And um, Riley decides to, instead of pointing the gun at the BPO people, she just puts the gun in her mouth. And Will is like, nope, <laughs> we're coming for you, please don't give up. And it's actually unintentionally a very good move because they managed to take the gun away from Riley. And then they shoot her up with drugs, so she is, like, full-on passed out. Mm -hmm. And as uh, Jonas puts it, while he's talking to Will, while Will is on his way in Iceland in the car, he's saying, "Uh, she's unconscious, that's really good. Uh, That'll be good because that means when Whispers arrives, he can't do anything to her because she's not awake. Mm -hmm. Um, So that might have saved you guys a little bit of time. So um, Will goes to get Riley. And I don't know if we want to try and talk about their stories at the same time, because at this point, their story is together. So. Well, um, I think that we should just talk about them together in general, but we should maybe backtrack first. And talk about To Will. talk about the opening scene of the episode, yeah, yes. which is um, Baby Will. Will. Yeah, so Baby Will, uh, with his cute, long, fluffy hair, 
is talking to, I don't know, like the world's best child psychologist. He's really good. He's really good. Um, and he's talking to Will being like, essentially explains to him savior behavior, which is a great rhyme, but it's a the psychological term of like um, kids, not necessarily kids, but in this case, he's talking to Will. He's like, because I think you can handle this, but um, mm-hmm. kids who have difficult home lives, whether their parents like have an addiction or something traumatic has happened, kids will take on a savior behavior um, to so they don't have to deal with like the emotional fallout of a parent's addiction. And he's saying like, Will, I know that you really wanted to help your dad find Sarah Petrell, the little girl that went missing that's kind of been scattered throughout mm-hmm. season one and is the reason why Joey Pants gets a little uppity at Will and is like, you gotta shut that down because you're gonna get in trouble with the police force if you keep bringing this shit up. Um, It's a very sensitive case, and they kind of bring it back in this finale just to showcase... um, Well, it's something that will also be addressed in season two, but it's also to showcase that Will will kind of do anything to save people. Yeah, it's like a nice uh, unveiling of some of the mystery, Yeah. but at the same time... It's really just being used as a character moment at mm-hmm. this point in time, yeah. at least. So the psychologist is essentially, or psychiatrist is essentially trying to tell, ask Will, being like, hey, when you keep telling your dad and Sarah Patrell's parents that you still see her, that's really hurtful, that's really harmful. I know it's it's not malicious, but I need to ask you, like, do you still see her now? And he looks, Will, baby Will looks outside the window, and Sarah Patrell's there, and she, like, shushes him and he says no and it's really creepy because i don't know if i've actually talked about this before but presumably she is a sensate or potential sensate yes and uh will uh was also not birthed yet yeah um but i guess even when they're not ready they can still have connection maybe a subconscious sort of connection it seems yeah I don't remember how much that really gets expanded on. It's all sort of stuff you can take by the implication mm-hmm. that obviously there's some sort of connection that isn't fully formed. Yeah. Um, it's funny now I'm thinking about it. They do actually uh, go back to in season two mm-hmm. to the extent that uh, you actually meet her mom, don't you? Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those... Uh, and this is something we will have to say almost in every episode for mm-hmm. season two. I think it's one of those plot points that was going to be fleshed out over a couple seasons and unfortunately had to be dropped for the series finale. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of one of those long-standing mysteries that probably would have helped explain a little bit more about the Sensates as a community mm-hmm. and just kind of like the effect it has on Will. Um so it's a really cool thing to be brought up again at the beginning of the episode because the scene's working on different levels of it's a char- it's a good character beat, it's a good mystery beat, and it's a good, you know, backstory set up for how sensates communicate with each other down the line. But it's not something that gets fully fleshed out on all three of those little levels moving forward. Yeah. So well, You know what's kind of interesting just thinking about this finale? Mm. Focuses so heavily on Will and Riley. Yeah. To the extent that it, it almost feels like you are seeing the culmination of the real main characters or something. Yeah. Like, by the end of it, you feel like Riley is the most important character or something. Right. And I thought there was nothing wrong with that, and that would be interesting to see how that would go going forward. But actually, by the time you get to, like, the end of season two, 
uh, it doesn't really feel like that anymore. It's like the focus shifts depending on who's important. Yeah. Which is cool because you wouldn't necessarily assume that from season one, considering that like Will and Riley are the first ones to really interact. Yeah. And the finale is focused on them. It kind of yeah. feels like they're the most important. Yeah. But that's just because they happen to be in season one. <laughs> I think it's also because that they their storylines are just lining up with a bunch of really important mm-hmm. backstory with BPO and Sense8. So obviously that's going to be the big thing that gets explored in the finale. So. That that is obviously stuff that probably was affected as well. Yeah. By uh, having to make a big movie instead of more seasons. Right. But I I do think that Riley in particular was probably going to be very important in certain ways. That yeah they didn't really get to do yeah but uh still not as important all the time as she may seem (laughs) ending this season yeah um so he's already after that flashback with will where they're talking about savior behavior well where you're not dealing with the emotional fallout of trying to protect somebody um he is already on a plane to Iceland. It literally exactly what Jonah said. He's just like, yeah, so Whispers wants me to tell you that he's coming after Riley, and he's telling you because he's manipulating you because he, he wants to snatch you, essentially. Will says, Will's I like, like I'm those going odds. For it. I like those odds. I'll go for it. Um, so it, I love it because Will, Nomi, and Amanita are kind of like this fun little command center where uh, the ladies are in San Francisco set up in their apartment hacking away. And uh, he is kind of intercutting with them while he is essentially executing the mission they have planned, which is not much of a plan, so they're kind of winging it as mm-hmm. they go. But um, he lands in Iceland, and Nomi's just like, hey, um, we just got intel that there's a helicopter with a Dr. Matheson on it on the way to the BPO facility. Um, you're a 20-minute car ride out. Here's your car. We're going to try and beat him to the facility. And he's like, oh, cool. Gets a kick-ass car. And he's just like, uh, when did I have such luxurious days? And she's like, we might have access to Matheson's credit cards. You're welcome. I think she might see Metzger's credit cards. Oh, it might have been Metzger. I mean, it could be either one, but it makes sense for it to be Metzger, right? That's true. Um, I take it back. I don't know if the people, the authorities know he's dead yet anyway. I know. Ooh. Hard to say. No, I think they do because Will got a, a tip on the shooting spree with Niles Bulger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, not important. The point is, he has this fancy kick-ass car. Well, and he ends up in a sweet car commercial. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Uh, it's like a, it's a combo of like an Icelandic like tourism <laughs> ad coupled with like a sweet car commercial. Of course, he doesn't. He's not gonna make yeah. it there before Matheson. Probably because halfway through his car ride, he stopped to watch a movie about Wolfgang's adventures. Yeah. But um. <laughs> um. But Nomi makes him stop the car, and then she instructs him to break the fuel line. And he's like, but it's a really nice car. <laughs> She's like, there's something instinctual about a man seeing a beautiful car broken down. She's like, this is good. This will buy us time. You should still be able to make it to the facility, but have the car essentially crap out on you. So it'll mm. draw people away from the front, which is exactly what happens. It's a really funny comedic beak where they're like, it's only a year old, man. And then like more guys come running over to the car and Will's already out of the car. He's like, oh, you should totally see it. It's so fucked up over there. <laughs> Um, so he's talking to Amanita and Nomi and being like, okay, how, how are we supposed to break in? The security is intense here. She's like, it's kind of a weird thing where the more like technically advanced and secure a building is, the easier it is to get through the front door. Mm-hmm. So they hack into the system, figure out which employee is on vacation. They give that ID to Will and it just, the information is supposed to pop up on his phone like a scanner. 
and there's a really tense moment where he goes through the front door, scans it, doesn't work, and the guy gets really uppity, and Amanita and Naomi are like, oh shit, that like that should have worked, and then Will comes up with the brilliant idea, he's like, hold on, let me turn up the brightness on it, and he gets through. Stupid phones. Stupid phones. He's like, technology, man, am I right? <laughs> and you're just like, dear God, I've aged 20 years within the span of a minute. And this is like the start of the exciting sensate power hour. Yes. Where Will has to use all of their help to go through his mm-hmm. maze to get Riley in and out. Yep. So first he uh, gets to help Alito. Yes. Who uses his persuasive it's acting great. skills yeah, so to uh, get Riley's room number. Yeah. yeah, once he gets through with the phone... Um, Nomi's pretty much like you're on your own because I don't have access to anything pertaining to Riley because there's nothing in the system about her yet so we've got to get help and that happens right around the same time Whisper shows up and he's by Riley's bedside and he's really annoyed with the nurse because he's just like why is she in this state? I needed her awake. She's no good to me when she's like passed out. And the nurse is like, it could be really dangerous to bring her back. And he's like, you will fix this. And then Jonas is taunting whispers, which is oddly satisfying. It is. Um, and well, so essentially, it's, that's nice because we talked a lot about Jonas's allegiances. Yes. And this episode gives you a good sense of. Uh, it's still hard to say who he's working for or if it's himself. Yeah. But you can tell at least. He doesn't like whispers. Yes, in this at the one. moment he is not yeah. with whispers. Like even if he does work with them, he, he certainly doesn't enjoy it. Yeah, it's also important before Leto shows up to mention that Amanita asks Will and Nomi if she's safe from whispers, mm-hmm. um, which is a a really fun little beat because it's essentially them reiterating, "No, we know that you've looked him in the eye or you saw him, but." he's not going to be able to find you because he's like us. He's a sensate. So it's only if we look at him. Mm-hmm. And that's an important beat because that's going to pay off in like well, five minutes. And Nomi says, of course, he still knows who you are yes. and where to find you. Yes. And he's a very scary man. Yes. I like that scene because it feels like something that wouldn't be in a lot of shows. Wouldn't be addressed. Y- yeah. You you would think about it like fans would talk about it, you know. Do the non-sensates have to worry about that? Right. And or not just that, but the, the question of, like, does that even matter because he's still a dangerous man? Yeah. Um, and it's like a moment that exists purely to give Amanita and Nomi a little character moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't need to be there, really. I think it's good to be there just because it. they've already been talking about it for like the past couple of episodes mm-hmm. but it's a nice like subtler way to remind everybody that like you shouldn't look them in the eye if you're a sensate yeah so well, it's working on like it's a good reminder that to be like hey this is how much danger amanita and nomi are in and it's also just he's dangerous altogether but by the it's way it's a good plot reminder for this episode yes i think that generally sensate is very trusting of the audience so it could get away with not mentioning it since it's already mentioned it several right. times. The fact that they choose to again, um, partially so they can have another moment like this is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much set up at this point that like whispers is in the building and they, they are pretty much on their own to try and find Riley cause mm-hmm. Nomi can't get into the security system. Um, and so who taps in Lido. That's right. And it's a great moment where, <laughs> They're like, let's find Riley. He's like, I can help with that. He's like, 
people have secrets around here. I'm good at getting people to tell me their secrets. And Will kind of looks at him like, do I know you? He's like, we had sex. <laughs> it was magical. He's like, okay. <laughs> let's, let's back up there, buddy. He's like, oh, all right. I guess I guess we did. And Nomi has to step in. She's like, guys, now is not the time. <laughs> but thank you. Um, so Lido talks to the nurse that Whispers was yelling at previously. And um, he works his magic. <laughs> And you get really giggly because he totally flirts with her, and it's just—he makes me laugh. I don't know why. It's great. I think it's great because it's so obvious what he's doing, but it's not to her, and it's just kind of this joy of seeing him like tap in for Will. Because if you think about it, that, is actually what Will is doing right now—is he is. Yeah. Like we see Leto on the screen, but if like you were to watch the security monitors, which is what Whispers is doing, by the way, you would be seeing Will. Well, it's pretty clever as far as scenes like this go because he really spends the whole conversation just flirting with her Mm -hmm. and then just tosses in the the information at the end. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, what floor? She's like, oh, sixth floor, room 220. He's like, that's right. Usually when you see scenes like this, it's more like they just go right in with that sort of thing. Yeah. This feels more believable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, they find out what floor she's on. And then um, Amanita and Nomi are like, well, we st- we're still working on an exit strategy. We need a little bit more time because, like, Whispers is on to us. And Jonas pops in and he's like, I can help with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, he essentially says, like, you have someone on the inside helping you. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I think Jonas has figured out he's also in the same facility because they're getting an ambulance for a heart attack because I think Jonas is going to get tortured is what I read off of this. I could be wrong. I didn't think that. Um, I don't know. I thought he was suggesting they have a powerful Sensate underground network and someone has done something to get them to have an ambulance sent. Interesting. Well, I, I think what back. he what he says is essentially that someone had a heart attack, mm. They, which means that an ambulance went out to get them, came back to the hospital, and the ambulance has been left there for them to use. Gotcha. Basically. I feel silly. I should I should have watched that a little bit closer. Well, it's kind of tricky. It's not... There's no details. Yeah. He basically just implies, like, just so you know, there's me and there's you guys and there's all sorts of other people on both sides of this thing that you don't know anything about. Yeah. But one of them's helping you right now. Right. Interesting. Um, but it is a, a fun little thing where he's clearly messing with Whispers because Whispers is getting really anxious mm-hmm. that the Sensates are essentially, they're getting through pretty easily. Um, they've already found the floor. And and he's like, I don't like games. And Jonas is like, really? I love them. <laughs> they feel like unstoppable Yeah. in this episode, I think. Yeah. As soon as, maybe not as soon as Will arrives, but like as soon as the Leto moment happens. Yeah. You have a feeling that obviously a lot of them are going to be helping. It's the finale. It's just a thing. Will's going to go upstairs. Yeah. And then Sun pops out yeah. to help him. And as soon as that's happening, you just feel like, how can they How can they how stop? How can they fail? Yeah. And that's what's kind of interesting is that the tension ends up coming not from like, are they going to get out? You kind of feel like they're going to get out. It just comes from what happens to Will. Yeah. Um, so it's a great moment where he makes it to the sixth floor. And then he, like, immediately backs up. He's like, oh, shit. There's four people. And then Sun comes out like a boss. He's like, oh, is that all? (laughs) 
Um, and then uh, they essentially are, Jonas is like, you gotta hurry, and then Sun and Will's pretty much say at the same time, like, we'll send message uh, to Whispers, let him know if, if he thinks four people is gonna stop us. It's not, pretty mm-hmm. much. So uh, Sun kicks some serious ass, and then Will uh, finally gets to see Riley for the first time in person. And it's a really cool inner cutting montage of him waking her up, her waking him up at the same time. And then just kind of a, f- a series of flashbacks of yeah. them just seeing each other throughout the season. And it's just a really nice, sweet moment of like, oh, yep, these two definitely love each other. <laughs> it's like instant. Um, so he he kind of gets her up and moving. And Nomi is kind of instructing them how to get around security. But they're like, he's like, there's no way I can get her out of here like this. Like, he's pretty much, like, bridal carrying her right now. And then Kala taps in. <laughs> and they go to, like, a, uh, like, a medical supply lab closet area of the of the facility. And she comes in and pretty much works her magic between a drug and a mix with adrenaline. This is the second time I've had to use chemistry today. Yeah, she's like, God damn it, guys. First I made a, a homemade bomb, and now I have to wake up somebody who is like super drugged out and unconscious, and it's just, I'll do it. I really like that scene, too, because when she pops in, she's still crying mm-hmm. from when she la- was last talking to Wolfgang, you know, after he shot the bejesus out of his uncle. So it's kind of like a small little detail that it's like, oh, this is a nice transition. It also helps to see like how much time has gone by since that little episode with uh, with Wolfgang. It's fun. Um, uh, I think when I was watching, I noticed this that she comes in and says, you know, I'm gonna go look at this mm-hmm. this medicine. Yeah. And I think there's like a shot of her going over to look at the cabinets. Mm-hmm. Um, but Will is still holding Riley. Yeah. And it isn't until he, he sets her down that it shows you Will himself looking through. Yeah. Because obviously he, he couldn't actually be over there until he sets her down. Right. So it's like you see Kala going to do it first mm-hmm. uh, before you see what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah, they do a very nice job of, um, I think the more, y- you don't necessarily think about it when you're watching it because yeah. you kind of just get swept up in the action. But if you do take the time to go back and like watch these scenes, it's clear that they very carefully have like, to the best of their ability, like choreographed it, so it logically makes sense why they're in the position they're well, in. That's the, the beauty of it. Really good. Yeah, it, well, it's just it's like a more evolved version of normal editing, where yeah. where you want people to not think about the fact that editing is happening. Right. And this is so much more elaborate, and I think they must put so much work yeah. into it. When really the whole point is that you'll just think there those are the sensates they're doing things. Mm-hmm. Nothing that doesn't make sense is happening. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Kala taps in, they wake up Riley, Jonas is getting zapped and tortured by Whispers, and, um, Whispers is able to essentially break into Jonas and be like, okay, I know where they're going now, they're headed for the ambulance, Mm -hmm. because, once again, Jonas is connected to Whispers, and he's also connected to Will, so, that is the downside of if they have a plan and Will knows it, that means Jonas knows it, which means Whispers see more of how this process works in season two finale. Yes. So uh, Will takes a now very groggy but awake Riley down the elevator to escape, and there's that damn money shot <laughs> where you just watch it, and I just screamed the first time I saw it because I'm an adult and not dramatic, and he catches Whisper's eye on the way down. It's a really cool elevator shot, and it's it just kind of makes your heart stop when you see it. And you're like... And I love that it's it's really a, a quick shot, but it's done. They've done so much groundwork for it that it's like 
instant you know mm-hmm. what the the consequences of this are like a shot that lasts that that quick of a second is enough for you to be like oh shit he looked at him they're screwed so it goes from a moment of literally we've escaped we're kind of invincible we've been switching each other out using different skills to get Riley out of here we're we're not quite in the clear but we're feeling pretty confident in their ability and then in one second it's like nope he made eye contact so it's like we're invincible because we have all these abilities and help and no one can predict what we're going to do next mm-hmm. and then the instant he sees him it's like oh now someone will be no, able to tell what we're doing at all exactly times exactly what we're doing yeah, yeah. Um, so they he's like oh shit they make it downstairs back to the garage uh, the, the ambulance doesn't start yeah there's no keys and then Kafius pops <laughs> in he's like I got this shit in this is not a problem not a problem Van Damme <laughs> was gonna get stolen all the time so you have to find out new ways to get it back so he pretty much hotwires the ambulance for Will and Riley uh, Jonas is like knows that like Whispers has looked at Will and vice versa and he's like it's over like there's there's no way you're gonna be gonna you're gonna be able to get out of here because whispers will always know where you are now, and then it's a matter of time before he hunts down the rest of your cluster. So they ignore him for now. So so Will's like I'm ignoring you, and uh, Amanita and Nomi are like we need to get you out of here, but there's only a single road. How do you get coverage from a helicopter that is gonna start chasing you in a few minutes if you're on one road? And there's no cover. And then uh, Amanita uses her weather girl abilities <laughs> and is just like, wait, if you go here, there's a patch of fog and like helicopters fly by sight. They can't, it's very dangerous for them to go in with that amount mm. of fog. So they veer off to another road and lo and behold, it's the fun little car crash oh. torture route. We should mention the last sensate help out oh, when they're uh, driving down the road and the helicopter. Is about to uh, fly in front of them. Yes, it's right before they're going to hit that patch of fog yeah. and be safe. Uh, Whispers pops in and is being really aggressive to Will, being like, hey, I know you. You're not going to do this. There's no way you're going to be able to make it past this helicopter. There's no way you're going to kill us all. You're a cop. And he's like, yeah, you're totally right. I can't do it. But I know someone who can. And it's just like, boom, Wolf is in the car. And it's and like, he's smiling. And he's smiling and he just like faces down a helicopter. Until the helicopter flies away. Yep. And he just drives through, and it's like it's a really fun moment because you're like, we got all of them. All of them helped out. By the way, Riley, meet Wolfgang. (laughs) I love that shot and the way it sort of trusts the audience at this point to have the sensate thing down. Yeah. By the fact that as soon as Will says that, you know, unlike like the scene earlier, just recently with Coffee's or something. I don't know. It's it's a lot more straightforward. It's just like there's a car instantly. You're like, it'll be Coffee's. Yeah. Coffee shows up. This isn't. This is a bit more abstract. Will is like, it's about you know who has the, the willpower yes. or the gall. Yeah. And it, like you're probably gonna think it's Wolfgang. Uh, also, he hasn't shown up yet. Yeah. But the shot that it cuts to is great because it isn't even focused on Wolfgang. It's it's a shot from the side of the car and it, the focus is still on Riley. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it shifts to uh, focusing on Wolfgang instead. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you. Your eye is drawn to her, mm-hmm. you and since Wolfgang and Will, you know, aren't that different looking, you might until you look over there not Realize. see that there's been a change in person. Yeah. And yet the show just knows that you're gonna know that happened anyway. Yeah. Because of course it's got to be him. Yes. Yeah, which is just that's just cool. Yeah. I like that. It's fun. Um, so they they take the shitty route. Uh, Riley starts freaking out, and 
Nomi can't reach them anymore mm-hmm. uh, because Riley kind of just has a understandable she shuts down the network break yeah because she realizes they are driving the same route that they were driving earlier when she went through that traumatic car crash and lost her husband and her child. And so she has kind of a meltdown, and Will's like, I will get us out of here, and Jonas is like, there's only one way to get out of this, and it is suicide. So Thanks, uh, Jonas. Thanks, Jonas. You're on Team Ursa right now <laughs> with your solution. Um, so Riley has a little mountain meltdown where she climbs up away from oh, the car. And while she's flashbacking, uh, Will flashbacks with her and sees himself as pregnant which is pretty great funny (laughs) he's like oh my god um so they essentially end back up at the top of the mountain part Mm -hmm. where riley was before with her baby and she's just like i can't do this it's over she's like it's okay well don't worry about it i was always supposed to die in these mountains and jonas is like well you gotta you know you gotta. This is why Angelica sacrificed herself, is because this mm-hmm. is how like they're gonna get the rest hunters. of the group. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna get you guys. So there's and Will's like not accepting this. So there's this great moment where he's like running back down the mountain. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, is he ditching her? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Which obviously you know he's not going to, but it's still a funny shot to be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> he runs down to the ambulance and essentially he he shoots himself up with drugs. Mm-hmm. And is like, I have probably about a minute left before I'm going to pass out from the drugs. So that'll keep us covered because Whispers is only connected to me. So if I'm passed out, he doesn't know where you guys are. Mm-hmm. But that means, Riley, that you have to be the one to drive us out of here. And he's like, and I can't do it without you. And I know it really sucks and you don't like, you don't want to go on, but yeah. I love you. It's like blackmail. Like, yeah. you can kill yourself out here, but now if you do it, I'll die too. So yeah. So maybe might as well drive drive that ambulance. Banking a lot on that yeah. idea. So he does that big speech to her, and he's like, "I love you." And it's a very nice speech. It fades to white. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, is that the end? Are you <laughs> kidding me?" And then it, it comes back up, and Riley is singing with a very drugged out Will. They're on Sven's boat, mm-hmm. and they have made it. They she was able. We never see it, but obviously she was able to. Pull herself together, go back down the mountain, and drive her and Will to safety. And now they're on a boat. They're escaping. And Sven's like, is he going to be all right? She's like, yeah, we're going to be okay. And then, you know, that beautiful (laughs) Sigaro song kicks in. And you get the money shot of all eight of them on the boat together for the first time, looking over Will. With the spin around the boat where they all disappear yeah. except for Ellie and Will which I'm not clear on how they did that the logistics yeah most of their stuff is in camera but I don't see how that one can be yeah unless they're like everybody duck or they're just like alright people you will now wear camouflage and so you will blend into the boat like, like there was a trap door they yeah. all went underneath yeah I don't, I don't know. know but it's a really really cool shot and it's like this awesome moment of like you are rewarded with seeing them all together mm-hmm. safe more or less at this point for the first time on camera, and it's great. It's a lot of fun, and that is how it ends. Yep. Yeah, dang. It's a pretty big deal. It is a pretty big deal. I remember after we finished it the first time, we weren't sure because they hadn't announced season two yet. It yeah. Took them quite a it while. It took uh, about two months. Yeah. So. so it was one of those things where, and we will talk about this when we end season two, uh, where season one ends. And it's 
it ends with a lot of stuff tied up mm-hmm. but also there is the thing of like well whispers now sees well so what where does that leave them but in terms of like if this show were to end after season one you could probably swing it it wouldn't be completely satisfying but it most doesn't most of them are in a place where they've learned something about themselves I think the most obvious loose end is Kala yes uh, who is still in limbo of should I marry Rajan or not yeah but most of the others I mean Leto is obviously had quite a character right. development yeah and Wolfgang is <laughs> I don't know if it's a positive development, but he's certainly uh, gotten somewhere different than he was before. Yep. <laughs> and, yeah, it's like Will, you know, is directly involved, so not really for him. But that's the kind of thing that would be easier to chalk up to that's too bad if you didn't get more seasons. Yeah, but it's a, I think it's it's one where it's like, I mean, I guess you you could be satisfied with more than season, knowing that there are some loose ends. But the, the whole, like... BPO arc of Riley and Will escaping mm-hmm. the big finale, like the story of the finale, is done. So it doesn't really end on like that type of a cliffhanger. So you could kind of get away with it. Well, it's the type of cliffhanger where you're like, things are going to be trickier for our heroes next season. Yeah. But not they're actively in danger right now. Yeah. Um, and what a well constructed season, though. I yeah. was thinking about this every time. Mm-hmm. The way, as I said, it be- sort of begins and ends focused on like Riley and Will there. Mm-hmm. The way it seeds these things like the Sarah Betrayal thing or Riley's whole backstory mm-hmm. only to sort of finally hit you in the face with them at the very <laughs> end there. Yeah. And then not really bring out the full evil plot until the end. Yeah. Finally give you, among other things, you know, a action sequence where... Uh, not an action sequence. Well, yeah, an action sequence, let's call it. Sure. A series of action sequences yeah. and chasing where every sensate is involved in some way. Yeah. And a scene where two of them meet in real life. Yes. And a shot where all eight of them are together. Yeah. It's like all this stuff it's you might have been wanting all season and all it's, at once. And yeah, and it rewards you with it. And it feels well-earned, too. It's yeah. not just like, oh, and... Let's That's just cherry pick and have this person show up. It's like, no, they're yeah. they're all there for a reason. I mean, that's the payoff of taking so long to build up. Yes. You could say it's like, you know, forced. Like, the tone of the show is well established at this point. So yeah. a person might think it's a bit silly. Like, Sun's always there because she can beat people up. Yeah. As is Wolfgang. Um, the others, you know, their talents are a bit more ambiguous. But I think the tone is established in a way at this point where that doesn't matter if you like the show you know Leto shows up and you know of course Leto is going to do something like with his with his yeah charisma or something not anything actiony and obviously like it's kind of funny to always find a way that charisma can be useful in the situation but the show is so built around that sort of idea that it it doesn't feel unnatural or anything for it to happen Mm mhm uh, it's like, you know, if someone were to ask us, some people have, uh, wow, all of our sensates are really talented. Uh, it would be unfortunate if, like, half your sensate were just no good lazy people that couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But, of course, if they were, it wouldn't be about them. Yeah. Because a show has to be about uh, a group of particularly special sensates. Yes. You know? Yeah. Which is our guys. Yeah. So, it's it's good. Uh do you have an MVP for this episode? Absolutely. 
I mean, it's got to be Riley, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, it can't be anybody else, Riley's right? been through a lot. Riley's been through some shit, guys. This is her episode, you know? This is her full trauma, but also her moment of uh, proving the haters wrong, you know? Yeah. For all those people that kept saying, Riley seems like the useless one. Uh, because it is all down to her at the end, and she does it. Yeah. I think we've, we've talked about this in the past, too. Maybe not on the, the podcast, but, like... They obviously have their own skill sets, and mm. they are associated with certain things. But, like, arguably, Riley has always kind of been, like, the heart of the cluster. Mm. Um, she always seems to be... I mean, I don't know if they were ever planning on this, but she always seems to kind of be, like, the center, like, the mother of yes, the group. Yes, I think that that was probably part of the plan. Yeah. Um, I had heard some vague idea, I can't remember where mm. now, about the show at some point leading to her released birthing a cluster of her own or something yeah uh, it seems like it would be natural for that to be part of her role yeah especially as her backstory involves having a child that she didn't get to enjoy essentially yes. they would be like the full circle yeah. version of that i mean it also like it, you just look at the episode title it's i can't leave her and you when i remember I, I first read that i was like oh yeah it's will like he's not gonna leave riley no matter what they do but then when you actually like hear them say it's Riley talking about Luna when she's in the mountains. Yeah. So I think it's kind of like this full circle of like kind of you know accepting that there's more than one way out of this situation Mm -hmm. and to move past something horrific and to to kind of not necessarily get over it but move forward. And I, I do think this idea of her as the center is focused on in season two. Mm-hmm. Uh, later on in the season, you know, it's once again sort of up to her to find the answers to some of the things they're looking for. Yeah. And she is specifically forced to go it on her own. And yeah. I know, you know, there's pretty momentous seeming little scenes where, like, she's standing there and all the other sensates are sort of watching her, like, mm-hmm. you're going to do this. Like, we support you, but it's this feeling like it's around her yeah. that things are happening. Yeah. And I do think that that would have continued to be the case because of how things went for them where they happened to be very focused on Wolfgang when the show ended. Yes. So they had to focus more on that. Yeah. So when you watch the series finale, it doesn't really feel like Riley is the focus or anything. Yeah. But I absolutely think she would have been a very big focus of the original uh, plan. plan. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so it makes sense that this is so focused on her. What I was saying earlier about Will and Riley really applies more to Will, I think. Uh, Will is not perhaps quite as important as you might think going forwards just because he is so tied up with Riley of course mm-hmm. that since she is so important he seems equally important yeah but the focus is definitely more along the lines of pushing her as the head of the group i think in season 2 than him yeah i think he's more of the i think in season 1 he's obviously seems more of like the 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 leader mm-hmm. of the group more or less because, like, Riley is going through some shit, so she hasn't actually come to terms with what has happened to her. Um, and he's the one who's like, we're going to save every- everybody. Um, and he also has the skill set for it as a cop. But I think you're right with season two moving forward. It's not like, you know, she's completely forgotten her trauma is now super mm-hmm. Riley. But she's has a, definitely a lot more agency in season two. Yeah. She's well, a lot more of an like active... like the role reversal, essentially. Yeah of this episode yeah that continues for quite a while yeah but also it's just the fact that like in season one 
Will is the guy who investigates everything. Yeah. Um, in season two, several other characters get to do that also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, they divide and conquer those uh, those roles. The, certainly, the ensemble is very well established at the end of season one, but it just becomes even more equal in afterwards. Two. Yeah, I think. I think that was the exciting thing, and we'll talk about it again in the next episode. But mm-hmm. there's the, the thrill of and the payoff of seeing them all together for the first time, and it's like a novelty in season one because obviously you don't get it until like literally the very last shot where they're all together and they're more or less safe but in two it's like they're constantly together i mean some of them still like get paired up and paired off but it's like Mm -hmm. it's kind of a a nice shorthand for like their bond is even stronger because they're never entirely they're usually never alone in a scene for very long and you just get used to it yeah but what's really interesting is you can still watch season one and feel excited when it starts to happen. Yeah. Because the build-up is really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though by the time you're through season two, you'll be like, of course there's going to be another scene with all eight of them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, so I mean, obviously goes to Riley. She yes. also does some amazing, she gets a lot of really great material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like, uh, acting-wise, certainly possibly the hardest job of any sensei in any episode. Yep. This is some traumatic stuff. Yep. <laughs> it's pretty devastating. Pretty yeah. devastating. And she does an awesome job. So I give it to her. Who would you do for her side? There aren't exactly a lot of sidekicks in this episode. I mean, I think you'd have to give it to Amanita. Yeah, I think you have to give it to Amanita. Who else is even there? Mm, Anyone at no, all? No? no? Yeah. I don't think so. So. Yeah. Give it yeah. to her. And she has a very useful suggestion with yep. the helicopter. Yep. This is a pretty easy one for me because I would also I would say the best random character is the um, therapist, psychiatrist, psychologist, yes, whatever his official position is. Yes. I don't know how qualified he is. The guy talking to Baby Will. Yeah, yes. because that guy makes a good impression in one scene. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's very calming. Yes, <laughs> he's very. I don't know. I just like buy it as him as like yes. Yeah. I work with kids. I do a really good job. Like Well, the, the dialogue, the acting, the whatever, he, he sounds intelligent and he sounds like he knows how to reach out to this specific kid. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, do you have a favorite shot? Favorite shot? Yeah. I mean, those Iceland shots. Yeah, those are, are pretty, really good. Like the, obviously, a lot of this episode is in Iceland. Mm-hmm. The shots of Riley on her own in the, the wilderness if that's what you can call it. The mountains. Does that count when it's snow? Um, yeah. Are obviously very particularly good. I think the best one is the one where, like, the sun is kind of setting. Yeah. Um, because sunset, snow, all that, it's a good combination. It mm. looks really nice. Obviously, the very end shot is also fantastic yeah. of the ocean. Yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to think of anything that's better than those ones. True. I'd probably give it to the boat just because there's the mm-hmm. thrill but also like I don't know how they shot it <laughs> and so I'm like very intrigued whenever I see it I'm like did they duck did they just digitally erase them like yeah. what did they do here but um it's, it's a really a satisfying nice shot too because like I said if at this point after finishing it the first time we did not know for another two months if we were going to get any more mm-hmm. and so we're like if that has to be the last shot of the show like I'm okay it's with that one. yeah I know you love the elevator shot I do. There. It's so, I think it's really, it's really nicely orchestrated and set up. And it's so stressful. There are some things that aren't so much individual shots as these little bits, mm-hmm. like uh, the montage when 
uh, Will and Riley meet each other. Yeah. They're just very elegantly done, yeah. I think. Yeah, I think anytime you get like a sensei popping up and interacting, like I really love the shot of Wolfgang popping in for them. And even <laughs> Kala popping, like all of them. And Sun, just like when he ducks behind the corner and then Sun comes out to go do her action sequence is really cool. Yeah. Because it's such too. a really like, if you were to watch it as one actor playing it, it's really cool to think about. But seeing that two did that seamlessly, it's just like. There's Money. a really cool thing with the music mm. in this episode, and also this episode has really good music in general. Yes. Um, very nice stuff, in particular during the um, end scene yeah. with Riley and Will. I kind of feel like it almost makes the scene. There's a bit where um, after Will drugs himself when he goes to talk to her, where he basically says, I know it's going to be hard, but you can do it. And like essentially the moment he switches from things are bad to you can do it anyway yeah. the music also switches mm-hmm. to sounding like uplifting mm-hmm. and it's the kind of scoring where um it's pretty subtle you probably won't even think about it yeah. the first time you see it but it really affects the mood but another thing that i like is it establishes this tone when they're doing the big scene with all of them helping out mm-hmm. where it's like really intense always will's walking around intense every single time one of them shows up it's like the music drops yeah. and it gets kind of like plucky yeah. like it it really gives you a sense of not just how um interesting and the possibilities of all these people working together but like also realizing how fun it might be like to yeah. watch season two how fun this is going to be because it's constantly the the tension is constantly being split up with like by the way this person's here it's now. another person yeah. like isn't that entertaining like what's he gonna do what's she gonna do yeah and that's just part of why it's so great is that it's like they're all helping but also it's it's not just it's like the dour thrill. dour show or yeah something. it's like the thrill of what they can contribute and like the potential of what they can do together it's like the feeling of wolfgang pulling out that rock launcher yeah. multiplied by 10 yep know, or eight or eight <laughs> so i guess we i don't remember what order we normally do but Technically, we haven't talked about favorite scenes, just favorite shots. Yeah. So, what's the best scene? Oh, man. I think just... Oh, man. <laughs> it's going to be so common to me. Like, I think it's this, but now I'm thinking about it. Uh, I, I'd probably do just Will on top of the mountain with Riley. That's my favorite. I think it's a really good speech. Um, they do a really good job somehow taking this scene between two people mm-hmm. and making it feel like it is the natural conclusion to a season about eight people. Yes. Uh, and I'm not really sure how they do that exactly. It's impressive. Uh, I think it's just because you can kind of extrapolate his words to all of them, yes. even though not all of them are as in dire situations as Riley. Yeah. But the idea of like what Sensei is fundamentally trying to get across, just mm-hmm. like it's gonna be hard, but you can do it. Yeah. Um, and so it feels like such a, a mantra for this show almost. Yeah. That's why I like it. Yeah, I really like that scene. I also r- really. I feel like it's kind of cheating a little bit because there is like a, a flashback montage of their time together. But I really love the moment where he, they see each other mm-hmm. for the first time. Not just because I really enjoy their relationship <laughs> and I think it's adorable, but I think it's beautifully shot of the moment of him touching her head and her like waking up and the vice versa shot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool like visual moment to see it's a it's a good visual translation of like what emotionally is happening to both of them and 
mentally probably what is happening too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I like that. I think everybody does a really good job, however little or how how much screen time they get that's used very effectively. Um, yeah, it's one of my faves. I and love that finale. That's that's definitely one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Don't have much else to say except as a preview to our following conversation, I will say uh, R.I.P. Cavius. Yeah, Cavius 1.0. 1.0. <laughs> There's the bomb. Yeah, um, I think we'll probably talk about it a little bit more when we actually do the next episode, but uh, this is the last you get of him because he will be recast. I like that Cavius' last little appearance here gets to be the center of the shot of the uh, all the sensates. Yes. And it's very nicely done where uh, he, the sun is like right behind his head. It's yeah. just a very pretty looking thing. Yeah. Despite what we just said about Riley being in the center. Yes. <laughs> um, well, now she's taken over the the role of you know taking care of Will, so she's yeah. gonna be with him off to the side. So. Yeah, this is the last we get of him because we are. They're definitely, I think, and you and I have talked about this before, about how I think one. I like both of the seasons, but I think one executes exactly what they wanted to do, and then with, like, the casting change and some of the production changes and two, and then obviously the cancellation, it's like they never quite got the show that they always wanted to make. Yeah, it's different. And one was obviously the closest they got to that. Um, it's never being made the same way. Yeah, from here uh, on out. Season two is made differently than one. Yes. And the final special is obviously made different from two yeah they're all slightly different versions of, of what sensei is and yeah. as that applies to the seasons ignoring the final special i think that's just because season one is is a first season as first seasons probably should yeah, be they need to be set up it establishes itself it tries to tell a story and then set up the stage for what stories are going to happen next mm-hmm. season two was i think planned much more like in tandem with the following season, for example. Yeah. You know, where more things were set up to be resolved as opposed to actually already being resolved at the end of the season. Yeah. So just as an entity, of course, it doesn't feel quite as whole. But uh, that does mean that it has second season having a lot more exciting pace and momentum syndrome. Yeah. Which is fun. Like, I know we always say that, like, with Sunset season one, episode one, they hit the ground running. They don't, like hold your hand or anything but like that is definitely more so the case with two because they expect you to kind of obviously already know these things because you should have already watched one I don't know why you would watch two and not watch one but um they're kind of taking what you have already learned and know about how the world works in in uh season one and then they apply and just expand it to the nth degree uh for season two so that's something to definitely look forward to um and luckily, you guys won't have to wait like a year <laughs> because they did um, they do the Christmas special after they announced that we we're getting a season two, and the Christmas special wasn't until what 2016. Yeah. Um. So this came out what June 5th 2015. Mm-hmm. We didn't get any more episodes until like the very end of 2016. Yeah, and then the rest of season two came In, five months later. Yeah. So there's a there's a big gap. Yeah. Um. 
but luckily you guys won't have to have that gap because we will be having the Christmas special episode up for you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they they technically have it down on Netflix's season two episode one. Yeah. So that's it's technically supposed to be part of season two, but it is its own little weird entity in terms of when it got released to the mm-hmm. public. So we will be uh, yeah celebrating some Christmas next time we talk to you guys. So anything else? No. All right. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. Signing off, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> if you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off. <laughs>